Welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode 239. On this episode, we break down a cigar we've been waiting for for some time. That is the Crown Heads 2022 Four Kicks Mule Kick. A lot of hype swimming around this cigar. We'll see how it stacks up in comparison to the others. We'll see how it stacks up in the marketplace here in early part of 2022. Um, but with that, let's waste no more time. Let's get into the episode. <laughs> Oh, no, it's good. It makes for good content. No. It's like if someone says that, like, no, it's good. It makes for good content. Guess what? Bad content. Yeah. It's not good content. Anyway, continue with your story. Oh, could you turn me down just a smidge so I don't go deaf? <laughs> oh, is it really loud? In your... Well, in just oh, okay, okay. Okay. Is it good yeah. now? Yeah, it's great. Is that better? Okay. Well, what I was saying was, like, you were talking about, like, this thing where, like, it's like this. I don't know. It's a phenomenon. I don't know what it is. Maybe people are more naturally introverted or maybe... People don't feel comfortable talking amongst mm. a crowd of strangers. Right? You're, ta- you're talking like on a Zoom calls, yeah, like yeah, specifically, yeah. like yeah, a conference yeah. call. Yeah, yeah, where it's like, it, it's like conversations welcomed. People know that it's welcomed conversation. Right. There is no judging. It's like white. We can see your video and your squares for a reason. Right. Like there is no judging. It's an open forum. You could take as long as you want. If you want to talk about masturbating. Probably we're not going to judge you, right? Yeah. Well, I not mean, appropriate for work, but you understand what I'm saying. It's basically yeah, no restrictions, no judgment. Especially if you go into it setting the expectation that this is no judgment zone. You so, know, it's essentially like Zoom for some organizations is like Planet Fitness for fat people. Yeah. And, you know, you no go. No judgment zone. You go into them. Why does that taste like medicine? It's tequila. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> What is it? It's actually one of my least favorite ones. It, I just want to. I just trying to kill the bottle. That's fine. It literally was like I thought I was taking cough syrup. <laughs> it's not bad. It's Cazadores. Uh, it's there in Aho, and I figured I've just I'm going through. So not to derail the conversation, but you know I've been on a huge tequila kick. Yeah. So I've been drinking, and I've been just trying different stuff. I'm not. Like bourbon, I'm a little bit more snobbyish about, but like yeah. tequila, it's like I'm just trying to figure some things out. And so when I find an anejo that looks decent, I pick it up. And this, it's good. I like it. It's just my least favorite out of the ones that I've had. So I, I mean, as you can tell, I'm pretty close to killing the bottle. It has such a. F- I've had this for a week, and I've I've smashed. It, it. has such a floraliness to it that threw yeah, me. It does, and dude, I I'm so That's obsessed. Why it's like- like cough syrup. I'm so obsessed with tequila right now. I just bought another bottle today that I was going to pop open, but I was like, no, I'm just going to finish off this Casadores one <laughs> just to get rid of it. And it, it, I like the flavor now. It just, it was not the tequila I expected to taste. That's all. Dude, the one, so I have um, Casamigos up there. Yeah. And even the Patron, like the extra Anejo is so, dude, it is so good. Like I probably won't drink bourbon for like the rest of the summer. I'll just drink tequila until it gets to wintertime. I love it. I'm absolutely obsessed. So anyway, this one's good. It's just not, it's just not as good as the others. Like I'm really digging it. It's just, you know, again, you can tell that I'm, you know why there's a buck on it? Because I'm pretty confident. You know, it's weird because that doesn't make sense. You know, why is there a... No, it does make There's sense. like an elk on here. I want you to think about it for a second. Jalisco. That's uh, that's where it's made. All tequilas are oh, supposed to be Jalisco made. Oh, Jalisco means the deer in Spanish. Got it. Yeah, right. Well, Jalisco is actually the city. Oh. Um, and it's <laughs> it's not a good city either. Yeah. Well, it's they, bad. They have, it's not good. They have man-killing bucks. But I feel like... I think the whole thing is, is like if it's 100% tequila, which is essentially mm-hmm. it's an it's agave yeah. um but to be called tequila it actually has to be made i believe in jalisco i've been really trying to put my nose to what this smells like and i think i've got it after looking at the label dude this got deer Buck urine, urine in it. yeah for sure it does it does kind of have a bit it's of a, a urine smell to it doesn't a it bitter bite like a like <laughs> like smell. kind of like an ammonia like a cleaning mm-hmm. product mm-hmm Mm-hmm. It does. Maybe that's what it is. This buck's been on a maybe it's agave heavy and, grass diet. <laughs> <laughs> agave and and buck buck yeah buck funk yeah yeah. Re- anyway, hey, reduce continue, down urine. Continue with your story. I'm a buck. 
Oh, but what I was going to say is like, you know, the people go into a very, it's almost like, like my team meetings that I have at work. They're like going into AA, AA meetings, right? It's like this. Yeah. We will not judge you. Speak your mind. You know, like it's that type, which is great. The culture is great. Yeah. But I always find myself having to be that person that has to be the instigator to conversation. Yeah. I hate doing I dude. Always. I can empathize with you so much. Always. It's crazy. Dude, I've called out people who are salespeople. Yeah. And I go, your job is to literally have conversations with people and you're acting like this is the first time you've ever been on a camera in yeah. your entire life. Yeah. It's and you know what's unreal sad? to me. And you know what's sad? There's two things happen. One, you just enable them to stay silent because they'll still stay silent. So now everybody expects you to be the first one to talk. So then they really don't talk in the beginning. Right. And, and then, then they look so awkward if you call yeah. them. You're just like, hey, hey, Stephanie, or hey, yeah. hey, Kendall, what do you think about this thing? And then you could tell that they're like, oh, <gasps> this, this one's the best one. <gasps> this is the best one. When they're on silent for 10 seconds after you ask them a question, and they're like, oh, I, I, I couldn't find the mute button. I guess I was muted. And it's like, no, you weren't, you piece of you shit. You weren't paying attention. You weren't paying attention. You weren't muted. Yeah, we have we have times of which we like demand people be on camera because yeah. because of that. Because yeah. we've had so many times where people are just like fucking off working, yeah. doing it's like shit, not paying attention. It's like, oh, sorry, I, I was muted. I couldn't find Dude, the button. Dude, I'll it's call like, You haven't found the button after two years of doing Zoom calls. Dude, I will, I'll... <laughs> I've straight dude it's so funny like if anybody that I work with listens to this they'll 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 laugh because they know that it's true I've called people out they're not I'll be like hey why are you not on camera or I'd be like hey what did I just say yeah repeat back what I just said yeah like I'm that guy yeah and then nine times out of ten they don't know shit and they're not going to respond with shit and then they're like oh I'm sorry I was doing this thing and sorry I had a customer call in I'm just like, fucking liars yeah I found myself not always, not not really ever leading a conversation, you know, an open conversation. But I always find myself being the one responding to them, like it, like I have a obligation to because we're yeah. all there for a reason. And I'll wait a few seconds because sometimes people have something important to say, and I don't want to be like this first one jumping off like it's fucking like right. Jeopardy, and I'm like, huh, what is you know, yeah. like I'm not that type. So I'll wait a second, but then there's dead silence. I'm like, oh fuck, now I gotta really step in. But I'm like, yeah. I feel like that teacher's pet. You know that kid that but sits you know in the front why, row though? and you always raises her hand? I really do feel this. We've been podcasting so long that you just have comfort around conversation. That's true, actually. So you don't feel as awkward as That's they true. feel. If a conversation starts, you know inherently when other people aren't, when to jump in and yeah. like spark the fire, so to speak. I have to do the same thing at work all the time. Dude. I, I cannot tell you how many times and it gets annoying where somebody either in our marketing department, it doesn't get, it's not that it gets annoying. It's just like, there's so many other people who should be either in front of a camera or on a podcast or speaking about this thing. But I, this is what I always get. Marketing will come to me and say, Hey, we want you to do this video for this. And then I go, oh, so like, I'm literally doing a billion things. Yeah. And then I'm just like, I'll put up, not resistance, but just be like, okay, give me the details around it. And like, well, you know, we're only coming to you because you're so good in front of the camera because you know how to speak intelligently and you're very eloquent when you talk and you're a really good interviewer. And I'm like, but you got to give the opportunity for other people to do it as well. Like I can't be the person that does it ever. Like I'm the last show that we did, dude, I was on camera twice for two different things because they weren't comfortable in having the conversation with anyone else. I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to be the default. I don't want to be like the fucking goddamn camera puppet all the right. time. We're like, Corey, we need you to speak. And it's just like, all right, well, let me, I'm not a news anchor. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do it all the time. You know, there's times where it's like someone else needs to figure it out. Like, and you could see their wheels turning. You can see these people's wheels turning. Like yeah. they know they have something they're trying to coalesce. A coherent, but sentence. I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's an anxiety thing. I it's like so. in this internal, you know what? It's weird. It's like the conversation has a trigger to it, and unless somebody like manages to flip that switch, mm-hmm. they're just going to keep internalizing stuff. They're thinking. Everybody's thinking about things. Everyone yeah. has thoughts because you say, "Does anyone have questions?" And you see people go like this. Yeah, I will see. And I don't. Do you do this too? You'll see people like you'll see something in your eyes, and you go, "Hey, so and so, you have a question, don't you?" 
and then you kind of oh. have to like grab it from them. I am very expressive about it. I get called on when I don't immediately speak, but I give this kind of like pondering. Yeah, Chris, like, you have a thought. It's like you, you're thinking about something, Chris. What are you guys? What say? if you just farted? And I'll be like, ah, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I know. But, I know. What you mean. Yeah, it's just it's it's just this like I don't I don't know. I mean, there's things that I I you know here's the thing. I genuinely don't want to talk. Yeah, same. 100%. Hate it. I, I like th- I like this is the only time I like talking. Yeah, I don't want to talk. I hate talking during work. I'd rather worst. be quiet and just listen. Same. But no. That's why I got out of sales cuz I don't want to do that anymore. It's like I feel like that unarmed person that they put in the front of a fucking uh 1800s or 1700s war like yeah, I'm the drummer the slash drummer, fly, the guy. fly holder. <laughs> like I'm unarmed. Yeah. And you want me, to, and I feel like I have an obligation to, the to charge lines. the field. Yeah. And I'm the first one that can't defend myself. And you're just going, I'm the guy that always dies. You know, that's the risk. I'm the guy that always dies. Yeah. That's the risk. You get the musket shot to the fucking leg. And next thing you know, you've got your drum hoisted on your shoulder. You're being carried off the field. And you know that leg's getting amputated. Because if I didn't carry that flag and fucking pound that drum no one's fucking moving no you're the guy i'm that fucking guy you're leading the charge and that kind of fucked up is the people <laughs> who lead the armies or the ones that were unarmed yeah that's what i'm saying <laughs> it's fucking weird do you think any okay so real real thought here real talk do you think at any point in any one of those wars now what we're talking about wars we're talking about like back to like revolutionary war even yeah. civil time wars yeah. as, even though the the uh, armory and uh, the firearms were more advanced in the Civil War. Yeah. Structurally, wars are still fought the same, and that was lines versus lines, mm. which is such a terrible way to do war. Now that we reflect back on it, yeah. But let's let's go back to Revolutionary War times, where drummer boys and flag carriers were like a thing, right? And yeah. they were the ones in the front. Do you think there was ever a point in the war where a charge was led, where a drummer boy or a flag holder? was able to kill somebody with either their drums or drumsticks or the flag. Speared someone with the flag. Because if you think about it, you watch the movie Patriot. Yeah. Mel Gibson picks up the flag at the end and jabs the dude in the chest. Yeah. Do you think that the drummer boy or the flag holder ever, do you think they have a kill count? (gasps) I bet they do. I I bet bet someone has died via drumstick. I bet you it has been used. I don't necessarily know if it's the drummer boy could that you, could you could you imagine <laughs> drumstick you you see, you see hey you see the British Army and he just goes nah. yeah. <laughs> hey take the scene from Saving Private Ryan when they're in the bell tower and they're having that knife fight oh yeah replace the knife with, with, with a with drumstick drum. <laughs> yeah the Jew and the yeah. other guy yeah we're the fighting German guy gets, that, God, that I they, hate when that, that guy that they dies. captured yeah this so, is the worst death in that so movie. just replace the knife. With the drumstick. With the drumstick. And, like, and imagine seeing that on a field. Be some fucked up shit. My personal opinion is I feel like flag carrier slash drummer boy is not the one inflicting a death. He already passed. Like He's listen, done. Listen, he was the first one hit by a cannonball. That drum, I was going to say the drum was hit by a cannonball for sure. They're like, shut up. Think <laughs> <laughs> about. But I, I have no doubt someone had picked up a flag. Like I'm out of bullets. I, I can't load quick enough. Grab that flag, this broken flag that's yeah. still attached to this dead hands of this drummer boy, pulls it and uses it as his weapon. I have no doubt that it was. You could, but could you imagine? So Revolutionary Wartime was the first time ever in history from the militia that we saw what was called now called guerrilla warfare. It was a more strategic and tactical way of fighting. It yeah, was with guerrillas. Certainly with <laughs> yeah, with silverbacks <laughs> in the U.S. We carried over win. from the French. Um, it was the first time guerrilla warfare was ever really implemented any time in war, and it was out of necessity because there wasn't enough soldiers in the militia to, to ward off an army, so they had to be really tactical. They'd be very strategic about positioning, right? Yeah. It was all about like flanking, and it was all about the element of surprise. Could you imagine the drummer boy sitting behind a fucking tree just sharpening the edge the of the stick? Into <laughs> <laughs> like two shanks. How cool would that be? It'd be pretty baller. I, I swear to God, if they had kill counts from the Revolutionary War, and you just look through all the names and and what their ranks are, and if it's like so and so drummer boy, and it's like kill count two, and you're like, who the fuck Dude. did he kill? Or like it's uh, if there's a family out there, if you're listening, whatever small chance it may be, if you had inherited a bloody drumstick, 
like down from your like or if you just great, great if you have yeah if you have an ancestor either a flag carrier or a drummer boy and, and you know they were a badass and they killed yeah. some shit and you heard that story at a Dude, family I gotta know family gathering like yeah your great great grandpappy killed someone i don't even want to google it i want to hear stories In the civil war yeah Dude, that'd be nuts. That'd be, oh. Be like, great, great, great grandpa never would talk about how he speared a guy in the throat with his drumstick. I know. The old Vic Firth 5B, right to the jugular. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, did you hear Elon Musk is trying to buy Twitter? I did. That's pretty wild. Dude. What? So he became majority share owner, and most people didn't know this, and I was like waiting. I was like, wait a second, but if he comes majority shareholder and he joins the board he can't buy the company this is stuff that i've learned through all the stuff i'm doing with investments Mm -hmm. so i'm like well that doesn't make sense he's not going to be on the board because he's on the board he has limited power he has as much power per his shares than anyone else does on the board right yeah well he declined the offer to join the board why he's trying to buy the company Mm -hmm. he offered him like 41 billion dollars and then wants to take it private and they're actually considering it. Twitter uh, released a thing where they said they're scrutinizing his offer, going through it, and then seeing if there's you know the legitimacy and making sure that there's. I mean, they are considering it. It's not one of those things where they said no. It's like we're reading through all the documents, reading through all the paperwork, and we'll make a decision. Dude, hey. forty-one billion dollars—a lot of money. Hmm. What do you think they'll call it? Canary. Maybe like because because I think when you go private, I think of closed off. I think of cage. So I think when a cage. Canary in the cage. Canary. Be clever. I don't think Elon Musk will change the name. If you saw the statement that he released until why he wanted to buy it, he said that there's so much potential and so much power in that medium, but that Twitter has essentially been irresponsible in allowing people to freely speak. So his whole thing is freedom of speech. Like it is really, truly uh, curtailing so Twitter are, into a platform that allows people not like Donald Trump kicked yeah. off of Twitter. There's been uh Milo what's his name? Milo Yiannopoulos kicked off of Twitter. There's been a lot of people who have been super outspoken on Twitter that you stifle their ability for free speech, and Twitter just made a decision to get rid of those people. Well, censorship. And censorship, exactly. For fear of inciting riots or what That's what they say, but that's not really the truth. Yeah. It's just it's just difference of opinion. Well, it's such a it's such a it's such a powerful thing and people don't realize this with social media, but like being on social media, especially on Twitter has the power of being like, it's like you on the, like at a podium, it's like you with a megaphone and you have the ability to reach infinitesimal amount of people. Right. Or not infinitesimal and just an infant inf, you know, not I don't infant. even know. Yeah, I'm thinking. What is an infant decimal? Infant decimal. I think it's like minute, but that doesn't make sense. But Uh, is that like an infant mixed with a decimal? Like, is it is it a part of an infant? Yeah, it's a fraction of an infant. Fried today. Um, It's infant fractional. (laughs) (laughs) Can you buy buy babies in parts? Sure, you can. Sure, Um, but it's just it's just a huge megaphone like to the world and and it's very powerful whether that message is good or bad and so i get i i can understand why censorship is a thing i'm not saying it's right though but i understand why it's a thing yeah well it's depending on what you center the problem is there's so much subjectivity in it like twitter picked twitter would pick and choose who they wanted to censor dude instagram is doing that shit right now yeah like right now they're choosing and they're doing it not necessarily with the deletion of accounts, which they have done yeah. against community guidelines. But sometimes they're just centering. It's like, I don't like this thing you're talking about. Right. Well, it's based and on. And we're just going to stop pushing it. It's based it. on a moral or and or political belief system. Do you think it comes down to an individual, though? Do you think like a, a, there's a single individual that's like, let's just say hypothetically, I post something on Instagram, which is related to cigars. And then someone is just going through either hashtags, going through the algorithm. It's a single person just sitting on a computer going, boop, 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 yeah. boop, and they just don't like cigars. Maybe cigars, maybe their dad smoked cigars and their dad beat them when they were younger and left their family. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, I don't like cigars. And they're just like, nope. Do you think that is, you think that's what it is? You think there's like people, individuals just going, nope. Yeah. Cause it happened with Facebook. 
I mean, it has happened with multiple people, right? Yeah. It's for it happened. For to, it happened to us, and it, and it doesn't even, and not even from a standpoint of moralistic or political beliefs, right? The the controversy of moral and political, because that's really what social media harkens down on censorship, right? Political or moral, you know. Believe it or not, getting a vaccine is both political and moral. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Um, but anyways, we we were scrutinized off of code. Literally trying to get code approved through Facebook for applications we were developing, and it was a same. It was it was a person. It was literally a person. Someone. I don't like what you're doing. Someone rejected what we were doing. We had to submit a ticket saying, "No, no, no, you don't understand." But then they were like, "Well, you need to show me what makes <sighs> this work." And then, but it was a human being. Yeah, who it was a person? A person who said yay or nay to this. Right. And, you know, they do that to thousands of people, you know. Yeah. A month probably. I was listening to um uh she's a comedian, her name's Tammy Lynn. She's got a bigger lady. Yeah, that name sounds always have her, always has her tits out. She well Tam, Tammy Lynn her name sorry, her name's Chelsea Lynn. She does a character named Tammy, which is like this white trash lady. She's actually super fucking funny. She said she got Del- her account got deleted off of Instagram for a post she made of her making eggs. Hmm. And then I was listening to her on an interview and the interviewer was like, wait a second. Like, so it was like, cause she always has her tits out. Like there's like everything she does. She's like big fucking lady with just massive tits. <laughs> but she was just making eggs. And that was all it was. It was like a video for like making breakfast and Instagram deleted it. I said it went against their community line guidelines for sexual content. And she was like, I'm making eggs. And they just deleted her account. But it's because of her boobies. I think it, I think it's because they believed and or somebody reported the video or reported another subset of videos. Yeah. And they just used that content as the scapegoat for deleting her account. Interesting. Yeah, she was like, it was literally. She was like, there's no, there was no image of me in the video. It's just me making eggs. Hmm. And she was, uh, my account got deleted. And but- she, she and her and her legal team like. And her management like went to went to Instagram, and Instagram was like, "Well, it, like there's things that violate this, and blah blah blah." And she's she had like multiple violations, and then finally they just deleted her account permanently, and she had to restart. She had to like start another account. Isn't it interesting? Inter- isn't it interesting for people to have, and it's really hard not to do. I do it myself. Um, to have a judgment or opinion on someone else whose intentionality could be completely opposite of what our judgment or opinion is. It's super weird. That's why the subjectivity of what violates certain rules is weird yeah. to me. Yeah. It's like, it should be a hard and fast thing. I was like, if you say this very specific thing, boom, 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 boom. Like I get like hate speech. Like I understand that. Like that's, there isn't really a lot of subjectivity in hate speech unless it's something where it's like, you know, I, I remember the post. But that, that's because it's a shared value amongst a majority of our culture. Kind of. But even even that, I told you about that post that I made. I commented on some things. and I, I commented on, I think it was Tatawahe's post. And I s- called someone a dumb, dumb face. That yeah. was, I got cited for hate speech. Dumb, dumb face? Dumb, dumb face. So I'm like, I, get, I can go through and show it. Like, it's still under review from October of last year. Could you imagine? A I world- called someone a dumb, I was like, oh, you're dumb, dumb face. Could you imagine in a world where, like, you get a call from the school? You're just like... Listen, Mr. Mrs. Allen, um, Michael um, called another kid a dumb, dumb face today. Uh, we had to cite him. Um, we understand that you're the financier of this family. You're being charged $120 for hate speech. <laughs> Whoever said that guy or girl, I'd punch right Because in the face. isn't that where it's going to go? Probably. Where, yeah, I get it. Like, there's a reason hate speech is known as like a no-no. It's because we have a shared value system across a majority of the world where we all agree that that's wrong, right? That's why it is what it is. Right. It's a va- it's a virtue, you know, value, belief system. So I get it. But definitionally, 
if we can't come to an agreement or agreeance on what hate hate speech actually is, right? Like me calling someone a dumb dumb face satirically, right. isn't hate speech, right? And no one would categorize it as that except for the person who either decided to report me or Instagram who like, said that's hate speech. It's like where is the line drawn then at that point, right? Right, it's a big fucking blurry line, dude. If I can't call someone a dumb dumb face, yeah, I've said way worse things. Because why is hate? <sighs> why was hate speech eradicated or or frowned upon? It's because it hurt people's feelings. Right. Right? Right. And it was derogatory. It was a negative connotation towards another individual. Right. Because people perceived it as a negative connotation. So should we just say stop perceiving it in a certain way? I wish people had the the backbone to do that, but they don't. I wish. And that's a controversial thing to say. But it's like I'm not I'm not saying I'm against hate speech or that I'm I am for it. I truly am. Because I think a shared value system, but what we find. You're, you're for hate speech? Well, sorry, I don't mean that. I mean the. the, uh, the um, Choose your words carefully. Yeah, sorry. Fried brain today. Um, oh, getting red. <laughs> Anyways, I am for the authority and belief that hate speech is wrong. Agreed. I would agree with that. Because it's something that I believe in as a personal choice. But also understanding that culturally speaking, that is a moral stance that most people share in this world. But you have a definition for it that maybe some others don't have. Correct. Because it's a big fucking gray line. Because the problem is, is there's a lot of pussies out there that if you said, I don't like you, you have an ugly face. They'd be like, hate speech. And they would cry and they'd want to go to a safe space. Listen. I'm a fucking millennial, definitionally, and I think this shit is fucked up. I think it's so goddamn ridiculous. Like, listen. That grade blur line that you talked yeah. about, that, so here's black, here's black, Yeah. here's white. No race that involved. Gr- <laughs> that gray blurred line yeah, yeah. is the majority of the spectrum now. It is. It's not a small subset of the spectrum no, no. where we're definitionally close. Yeah. yeah. And there's just a little bit of gray. Like when we say, oh, there's a little bit of gray. Yeah. No, there's a vast That's amount a of, gray of gray area now. Yeah. Black and white is way the fuck left and way the yeah. fuck right. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's still controversial because even in some regards, older homosexuals are okay with the term gay. Because but now you can't say gay. But now you can't say gay. But you have two differences of opinion. There's some older homosexuals that are okay with the phrasing there's older there's there's older generational gay guys who use the f word and i'm not gonna say it but we know what it is like oh you silly yeah rhymes with maggot yeah yeah that dude i've literally heard i've seen videos of them saying it yeah but it's like if there's a sensitivity if anyone else says it maybe not by them but other people and you go what I'm telling you this right now. What are now. the rules? I don't even know the rules are anymore. If every big nose person on this planet, me, you, dude, I got a schnoz like most of our family. If there was I got a, a sniffer on me, if there was enough enough of us that made such a large, um, what's the word I'm looking? For? It'd be like the big nose coalition, large wave, telling people that we are we are subject to un un um what's the word uh unwanted criticisms or and abuse noses. verbal abuse because of our large noses because everybody's different but we know we've got big noses but it's hurtful for people to call us tell us we have big noses if we made such a large splash and everybody with a big nose on this planet yeah. got behind it yeah how much do you want to bet we have a lot of big nose momentum. That we would not be able to speak about big noses to, about other people. That's true, for sure. By the way, let's do that. All right. <laughs> With that, we're going to take a break. We have a review today. Uh, really excited about this review. This is a new cigar release that has come out. And I, actually, I think it just like now made it to shelves. Like I think now is the time in which it hits the shelves. It's a cigar I'm super excited about. So hang tight with us. We'll be back at you guys in just a minute. You know, I'm getting to the point now, my age... My health, the fact that, you know, I've become, I, I've gotten all this social anxiety that I don't even want to leave my house anymore. The thing is, like, I still want to smoke cigars at home, 
but I sure as shit do not want to leave my home. Yeah, well, you're perpetually sick, so there's I'm a societal sick. responsibility that you have as well. I just wish there was like some way for me to like buy cigars without having to think about it. I think I have the medicine for you. Mm. My cigar pack. Curated packs come straight to your door every single month. Is it? Five pack of cigars, specially handpicked for you. And you can also subscribe to the Factory Direct program and get cigars that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, as long as it covers the Omnicom variant, I'm good. <laughs> I heard they show up in hazmat suits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to make sure that safety and protection are at top of mind. That's so good. you can visit my cigar pack www.mycigarpack.com to support all their options again that's www.mycigarpack.com all right we're back you know what i also think Corey? <laughs> <laughs> i know we took a 30 minute break but i think it's important to say this you silly gays the same is going to happen for skinny and, and heavy people it already has i know and i i caught myself just now not using the word fat Oh, I didn't I use fat? I used fat at the beginning. Oh, yeah. See, I used heavy. Oh, I said pl- I made a joke about Planet Fitness. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Should I delete that out? No. Let's go. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I mean, dude, it's so weird because like five years ago, I remember making fun of midgets on the yeah, show. Not anymore. I can't make fun of midgets on the show. By the way, this episode's the five-year anniversary. <laughs> Literally today. Today is the five-year anniversary of the show. Last one. <laughs> five-year anniversary. It's been a good five years. It's been a great It's five been a years. good five years. Uh, we're hanging it up after this episode. This episode is going to be 10 hours long. In fact. We're going until we die. In fact, the poster graphic is going to be completely different. It's literally going to be us saluting going down in a boat that's sinking. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after we get canceled for all this fat talk. Yeah. Uh, hey, chubby butts. Get your shit together. You know what? I feel like. I can say that, <laughs> and the reason I can say that is like if Joe Rogan says something and doesn't get canceled, I just kind of follow in his wake. Oh, okay, yeah. So when he talks about like, hey, there's a lot of fatties out there who probably would be a lot better off fighting things like COVID and other illnesses if they were to just exercise, get in shape, and eat right. And then part of me is like, oh, I'm just gonna follow in his wake and just kind of say the same things. Yeah. If he's not getting canceled, I think we're okay. What's funny is that show. That heavy show where they like, I see, look at me. I'm trying to be as politically, culturally show? correct as I You can. mean the lady who literally has fat on her forehead? Oh, yeah. Like what a, is it, 600-pound life or 1,000-pound life or whatever it yeah, is? Yeah, but, the but they had that like workout show. That, that one. Oh, the weight loss show. Where they fat shamed them into getting healthier. Yeah, it was, uh, you're talking about the people who like. Like Julian Michaels, I don't know. If Julian Mike, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Julian Mike. So Julian there was Michaels? other ones too. There was and other weight, the, the, weight trainers. The blonde-haired dude. Yeah, but the it. point yeah. was. Everybody looked at like, oh my god, look how cool they are! They're fat shaming them, fat shaming them. But most they're of like them, smacking the snicker bars out of their hands. But most of them that had any semblance to take accountability for something that they knew internally was bad, right? Came out of that going like, I'm glad I did it. Yeah, of course, of course, dude, of course. Like, listen, here's the thing. I'm happy for anybody who's happy, right? With their life. Right. Yeah. I'm not happy for people who I feel sometimes make decisions because, how do I explain it? They make decisions in their lives knowing it's an unhealthy decision, but reconciling in their head that this is an okay thing to do. Because I'm not happy when people, when I see people who abuse their bodies, I'm not happy when I see people who are creating detriment to their health by poor decisions that they're making because there's generally I gen, there's a lot of people that I love, admire and respect that I see do unhealthy things and then selfishly I go, "Well, I don't want you to be around for another 5 years. I want you to be around for another 25 years, another yeah, yeah, 50 yeah. years or whatever yeah, it may yeah, be." Yeah. So selfishly I go, "Why would you do those things? Why are you trying to reconcile in your head that this is a good behavior when I know it's only going to cause you issues in the long run?" Yeah. Like I have a hard time with that. Specifically with the weight and health. And, and it has nothing to do with like, it's my right to do what I want to do and don't shame me. It's like, it's not shaming. I'm being selfish, but it's not shaming. Mm-hmm. It's that I would rather have you here longer in the existence of my life so we can stay connected versus you making poor decisions in your life and then compromising your health as a result. 
Yes. That I, I struggle with that a lot. United States would like that too because you're a taxpayer. That's a really dark thing to say. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a really dark thing. You know, if I had any chance in politics. Also medical, you know, I think about like pharmaceuticals, right? Yeah. If I had any potential in politics. It's gone. It's fucking gone Out now. Out the window. Yep. Everybody's like, yeah. We've got political uh, Chris on uh, episode 239 said this. How do you feel about this? Chris, how would you, re- <laughs> how yeah. do you respond to what you yeah. said? Be like, you know what? I own that one. Yep. Yep. I am grateful to be in this country, but it definitely comes with its drawbacks. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's, uh, let's get in this review. Okay. Today, really excited about this. Uh, specifically because in 2018, a scar came out from Crown Heads called the Four Kicks Mule Kick. Now, this wasn't a new concept, the Mule Kick, but 2018 marks for me one of the most special cigars I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I regard it as one of the best cigars that's ever been created. Uh, that's just me, right? And other people think I'm crazy. There's like, ah, oh, there's the Padrones and there's the Fuentes and there's this of the world and there's this and this and this and this and it's all subjectivity. I get it. But for me, it's one of the best cigars ever created to the point where it's like I was in fucking Texas and tracked down a box of these bad boys sitting underneath a dusty shelf. Yeah. Um, and bought them. So 2022 represents a different blend. Um, still the four kicks mule kick, still the same innards, but this time with the San Andreas wrapper. Not to mention, because yesterday, last year was a departure, wasn't it? Was it the Sumatran last year? No, last year there was not one. 2020 oh, 20, was the last time. 2020 one was, made. was the Sumatran, right? Um, no, 2018. Yes, you're right. Correct. Okay. The, I think the Sumatran was 2020 or it was 2019. Yeah. 2018 was the Ecuadorian. But no, wait a second. Yeah. We're fact checked. <sighs> this is important. Um, that said, you know what I found interesting? I think the 2018 was the Ecuadorian Sumatran. What I'm, what I find interesting is that I feel like this, this one, this year, maybe it's just me. It feels more like that in 2018. When I look at it, it does. I'm like, this reminds me. It does of the 2018. It definitely does. Sorry, the 2018 was the Connecticut Habano. I knew it was Habano. I think you're right. I think the Sumatran was the 2020. I don't know. I'm sure John will correct us at some yeah. point. He's like, you got this completely wrong. <laughs> but the 20, the dude, the 2018. By the way, these blended by E.P. Carrillo. Yeah. So I already have a love affair with E.P. Carrillo sure. cigars. Um. But yeah, so the 2018 was a Connecticut Habano, and dude, that 2018 is like Mount Rushmore, hands down. Yeah. No no doubt about it. Yeah. So let's see how the 2020 compares. Yeah. Um, to, of course, the 2018 and the rest of them, right? Yep. All right, let's get into it. So let's go through the stats of the cigar real quick. So this is the 2022 Four Kicks Mule Kick by Crown Heads obviously released in 2022 they should be on shelves like any moment like right now if you're listening to this they're probably making their way on shelves yep. uh mexican san andreas wrapper nicaraguan binder nicaraguan filler same vitola as all the others a five and seven eighths by 52 wonderful vitola comes in roughly at the 12 dollars price point all right let's get into it you ready yep. let's break down the construction chris the construction of the cigar what'd you think it is an homage to the 2018 in all visual senses, minus that footband, which I think has the year on it. Am I right? Correct. Okay. That's the only difference. Other than that, the 2018, even though it was a Habano, correct? Yep. Ecuadorian Conne- Habano? A Connecticut Habano. Connecticut Habano. It looks very similar. The 2018 is very dark, and so is the 2022. Right. It's a very dark cigar. And this one is particularly that dark chocolate wrapper. It is, it's, I mean, the, the amount of tobacco put in mine that I reviewed, fucking stacked with premium tobacco, gritty, but slightly fuzzy, and also just, a I think, a, a great construction. You know what's interesting is when I have really gritty cigars, you know, like to the touch, you see this with... Connecticut Broadleafs, you see this with Mexican San Andreas, you see this with um, even some Habanos, I guess. It just depends on the type of tobacco used for the wrapper, and it's typically with thicker, more veiny wrappers. Have you also always noticed that there's always a slight issue trying to put on those caps to those really veiny, gritty... Yeah, because like texturally, they're so textually. solid. You know what it's like? It's like paper mache. Right. 
Right. It's like, how do you connect the seams on paper mache? It's like, how do you avoid wrinkles and yeah, yeah. parts flipping up because yeah, of it's like, got the a, grittiness? It's got a, like a very primitive look to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, with it being as gritty as it was, great crap structure. <laughs> great crap structure. <laughs> Why do I always want to per- say crap? Perfect crap structure. Great, great crap structure. <laughs> I thought it was a great looking cigar. And it, to me, I mean, the branding is, is consistent always. Um... I think it is indicative of the mule kick. I think people in my head, I think people associate the four kicks as a mule kick more than they do the mule kick as a four kicks. That's what I think. Mm, that's a hot take. That's what I think. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I think the mule kick is more highly regarded as especially as like a limited edition cigar. Mm. I think it I think it really retains more attention than just the standard like four kicks lineup yeah like hey this is a subset iteration a limited iteration of these things but i think the mule kick has this weird kind of cult popularity yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. um yeah dark rich toothy very firm super dense cigar she's a heavy bitch she is she was a heavy bitch a lot of fucking tobacco in that cigar no doubt dude just holding it i was like jesus christ do i put this thing on a scale and weigh it like a fucking dog going to the vet maybe I didn't, but it is definitely a lot of tobacco Dude, packed in that cigar. I stress tested it like a composite bow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pull back. I was just like, fucking fold it, man. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, beautifully made cigar. I love the toothiness. Obviously, there's certain expectations that you have from a wrapper, like San Andreas wrapper, as far as like looks and feel and all that and texture and yeah. so on. Um, and pretty much on point with uh, most of what you see in Mexican San Andreas cigars. So what do you think about the burn? I thought the burn was great. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a solid two three puffer. Even with his with my cigar being heavily packed with uh, tobacco, um, I what what's interesting is that I always love thick wrappers. I don't know why. You know, there's a lot of talks that um, thinner wrappers burn quicker. Maybe that's why I hate Connecticut shades. Yeah, thinner wrappers Just burn quicker thin and feeble, but also more oily wrappers burn slower because of the oil content and we've we've people when i when i tell you this we scientifically tested this like in a factory in dominican like it's a thing there's a reason more oily tobaccos burn slower than drier less oily tobaccos that's fine that's just how it works that's science that's science but what's interesting is is that i i i like the burn kept pace really well you know, with it being this kind of relatively oily wrapper, but super gritty and super thick. Like I expected pitting and I just kind of see that in other types of cigars. Sometimes it, it depends on the fillers. I will say that because it's, I think it's a balance. You know, you want, you want, I think you want the, the wrapper to burn faster than the bunched fillers. And sometimes that's apparent because you get those, you get the, you peaks. get those sharp peaks, you get the right. peaks. Um, and that's great because that just means you're not going to struggle with airflow and all, all sorts of stuff. But like it was, it kept a really good pace, like the wrapper, like the burn, it was a pretty solid burn line, great smoke production. Um, I mean, I really can't complain. I just wanted to give you some bits of science. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, great. Even burn line. I had a slight tight draw, so I'm creating a connection, at least for me in terms of the denseness of the cigar. Mm. You know, I, yeah. I already said, you know, in terms of construction, it felt like a very heavy cigar. It felt very dense. I could tell there's a lot of tobacco packed underneath that wrapper. Um, so for me, there was a little bit of a tight draw and I think there's just a lot in there. Is it something that I was like complaining about the whole time? No, just a consideration of it's not exactly optimal. Um, but the good thing is, is despite it being a tight draw, the amount of smoke output that it had also probably indicative of the amount of tobacco that was placed inside the cigar uh was adequate to say the least yeah great smoke output um i thought uh you know in terms of burn overall consistency uh i think was key with this and i agree Mm -hmm. with you in terms of like you have kind of a gritty thick wrapper type like that oftentimes you'll see especially an oily cigar you'll see waves you'll see like a wave Uh pattern on the burn yeah Um, you often notice that like even anything that's like a Connecticut shade or like a lighter Habano, especially if it's a thinner wrapper type, you'll see kind of burn more evenly consistently, consistently. 
I think oftentimes that's a bit of a struggle when it comes to thick, oily wrappers. You tend to see those wave patterns. This one was actually very even, very smooth all the way through. I think <coughs> I actually captured a couple pictures that showed just even the long ash and how evenly it was burning down the cigar, which was nice to see for sure. So minus a slight tight draw and more of that slight tight draw was at the beginning of the cigar, loosened up over time. It was a great burn. Yeah. Fantastic. You, you know what? There's a there's one more point I want to make. I, I feel like sometimes we have to justify the means based on the causes. And, you know, like someone, someone I feel like there's someone out there right now. There's someone listening to this episode like, why does the amount of smoke come out of the cigar matter? Right? Yeah, but that's like, that's the body to the cigar. That's, that's the, the body of the mouth, flavor, right? That's the mouthfeel that you get of the yeah, cigar. Yeah, and that's, that's smoke output. What you feel. You get the flavor from all that, too. There's like the the flavor sits on the palate, and then yeah. you get the body of the cigar, which is the mouthfeel of the cigar. Yeah. So smoke output is extremely important when you think about the experiential yeah. piece of smoking yeah. a cigar. Plus, if you've ever been to a lounge... When you're smoking a cigar and there's barely any smoke coming out. Oh, of it. you want to be the guy? You want to be the guy at the lounge that's going <laughs> that looks like goddamn fucking dragon. Yeah, because you want to be going because there's because you know there's other people in that lounge watching the smoke, and there's maybe even that occasional guy who feels for you. Like, dude, is everything okay? Sometimes that guy's looking at you going pussy. <laughs> but I know every time you don't see smoke production, everybody assumes something's wrong. Yeah. Do you know what I'm Dude, saying? Dude, you want to see that heavy, thick, dense. You want to see that yeah. smoke that when it comes out, it drops yeah. to the floor. Right, right. It's so dense Like a in the fog air. machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dude, for sure. That's why That's smoke the best production smoke. is important. <laughs> That's exactly why it's important. It makes you look fucking cool at the lounge. Uh, what about flavors? What'd you get out of this? All right. So here's what's cool about this cigar, right? Maybe that's too much of a precursor to how much I like it. <laughs> I wish I could like build suspense like, well, you know, I don't know. No, you can really just rifle through it. Good, yeah, That's true. I could do that. I could save time. <laughs> um, but I, what was was great about the cigar was is that I, I had I, I had a nostalgic feel to the nature of the way it looked. I was like, oh, my God, this reminds me of the 2018. Very similar. So I'm starting to smoke it. And initially off the bat, like I'm, I'm expecting kind of that pepper rush that I, I remember kind of getting with the 2018. Uh, more so than other years. I thought the Sumatran was significantly milder. 100%. And so I I, I I take a first hit and I'm like immediately hit with this like rush of like meatiness, some bitter saltiness, and then some medium spice. There's a pepperiness to it. And not like spicy spice, but like a pepperiness. And I was like, wow, okay. So I, I kept smoking it and I kept getting that consistent flavor. And I was, and I was like, wow, that's pretty... Man, that's like a really good cigar. Like I was smoking at eleven o'clock last night, which your time would be. Yeah, your podcast time would be. I don't know, your day minus whenever we <laughs> recorded this, which is Thursday. So I don't know. You do the math, anyways. Um, <laughs> but I was like, oh man, this is like that steak dinner. It's got that steak dinner vibe. Yes, and that meaty. I loved it, man. I loved it. Even from the get go, I was like, the spice wasn't, the pepperiness wasn't too overwhelming. There was a lot of flavor up front and I just, I'm sitting there like smoking it and thinking to myself and I'm not stroking anybody's ego here. All right. I'm really not. I'm trying to be as objective as I possibly can based on a subjective opinion that this is my type of cigar. Right. But fuck, like I, part of me when I was smoking and it's very consistent, I think, I feel like the flavors were very consistent, but you mentioned something that I want to touch on, but I want, I don't want to steal your spotlight. So I'm just going to give you what I got on the retrohale. Okay. All right. Because I wanted a retrohale because I've been smoking pipes lately Yeah. with Corey. Mainly just Corey. I don't really do it by myself. Um, <laughs> but I like the idea of retrohaling a pipe tobacco because of the flavors. Right. Dude. So I decided to retrohale a cigar that's heavier than any pipe tobacco could possibly be. Of course. And this one's not any slouch in that regard. No. So I start retrohaling the cigar. I'm like, because I was getting all this meatiness, this like steak dinneriness thing to it, like leathery, meaty, bitter, salty, some pepper. I retrohaled it, and you mentioned the retrohale earlier, and I was like, oh man, I got to write down this note because I remembered this point to it, but I couldn't put my finger on. I couldn't put my finger on, and I still feel like I might be wrong when I say this. But this is what I thought. 
that English tobacco you gave me mm-hmm. that I was retrohaling consistently in recent past. The English Oriental. Holy bejesus, if not retrohaling the cigar had that type of same Zimmer sensation. And I really liked it. I really did. Because on one hand, if I just mouth, if I just, I'm trying not to make it sound derogatory or sexual, but if I just took it in the mouth, uh, yeah, it was meaty and peppery <laughs> and stuff. But if I took it through the nose, which I would never condone anyone to, to do. Never want to take it in the nose. Um, I got a different, I got a different flavor. It was yeah. It was it was but it was it was um it was awesome. It was very consistent. I don't feel like I got any crazy change ups, but man, it was a great hour and forty minutes smoke. Yeah. I really liked it. Good. Um I'm gonna go through flavors that I had and then I'm gonna expand on yeah, what please. I had and when. Uh very woody, creamy, sweet, peppery, nutty, buttery. Mm. Um obviously that in and of itself it's a lot of flavors. sounds like complexity. This is the simplest way that I can state it. <clears throat> I hold the 2018 in such high remarks as one of my all-time favorite cigars ever in existence. Uh, cigar that I hunt down, that I love to the nth degree. Um, and so I know what that cigar tastes like because I've smoked it so many times. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what it gives me. I remember smoking it when I lived in a house in Centerville and I was on my back patio and it was one of those nights where, do you remember the back patio? If it rained, it would get really foggy. And yeah. Like the windows would fog up and it'd be really humid. Yeah. It was one of those humid nights. I had that TV mounted out there. I remember the podcast episode that I was watching and it was about the economy. And specifically, it was one that Joe Rogan did that he typically never did. Yeah. He did remote. And it was all about this guy talking about this, uh, the economy and had his like logos up. It was like a green logo. I Dude, I vividly remember this. I'm smoking the 2018 meal kick and I'm... I'm reflecting on all these flavors in this cigar that I had experienced. And I was like, Oh my God, this is like my thing. Here's what I'm going to say about the 2022 mule kick. If you don't retrohale the cigar, it has similar characteristics to the 2020. Reviewed the 2020, reviewed the 2019, reviewed the 2017, reviewed all those, all the iterations. I can see that. Yeah. It is very, very 2020. If you smoke the cigar, you retrohale it. It takes you back to 2018. To me, it has very hybrid characteristics between those two cigars. Not that not retrohaling the cigar makes it not good, but the best flavor expressions, the most you're going to get out of the cigar, the most enjoyment you're going to get on the cigar is making sure that you inhale that cigar, you draw it in, and you blow it out your nose. It's, it's that sensory sensation that you get that you otherwise wouldn't get where I feel like you're going to get more of that 2020 vibe, which I thought was a little bit more mild. I thought it was a little mm-hmm. bit more yeah, tame. for sure. I am telling you right now, if you spend, and I'm going to do a video. I'm going to do a video on YouTube as far as the importance of retrohaling a cigar to get the most amount of flavor expressions. There's so much science around why you want to do this in terms of flavor characteristics yeah. of the cigar. Is literally one of the best things I've ever experienced in a cigar in my life. To the point where I only have two of these motherfuckers. I only have one left. I'm gone. I'm done. And I'm like. You don't want to smoke it. Daddy. Dude, I'm ordering yeah. boxes. You want to make sure you bitch. don't run out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boxes. Now, yeah. does that kind of give away where I think? Yeah, it probably does. So, let's move on. Uh, Chris, what do you think in terms of price? We got we to gotta, we gotta hustle through yeah, this. Hustle. I think the price is great. It's not too dissimilar than other years. It's been very It's consistent. right in alignment, really. I mean, they, they, they used to range at 1095 but obviously there's certain inflation factors in there. This is 11.95 so it's right at that $12 yeah. price point. It's, it's it's exactly where it's it's, a, it's meant an hour to be. and 40 smoke for most, you know. And for for Corey it's 30. But the thing is is <laughs> I, I here's the thing. That's true. For here's sure. the thing. I have no doubt in my mind for one second. And this is not trying to be biased, but it's like when you have something good and you know it's good from the initial you will take your sweet ass time, and I can guarantee you, Corey did not smoke this one in thirty minutes. No, this uh, dude. You know what's you funny probably about that? Smoked it probably as slow as you could. Two hours. Two hours. Yeah. Oh, I dude, I took. Dude, I was like, yeah, in the fucking zone. It was the only thing I was doing. I wasn't paying attention to anything. It was the only thing I was doing. Isn't that, that great? Was it. When it's not even about utility, it's about enjoyment. 
Dude, for me, it was just, I was in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Just in the moment. Yeah. I was trying, dude, I was like a heroin addict trying to get that next <laughs> fix. I'm like, oh, remember that first time I smoked that thing in 2018? I just got to, I'm chasing yeah. that fucking dragon. Yeah. That was me chasing the fucking dragon. Yeah. I got it. I found it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's worth it. I don't, I don't, yeah. I'm not saying, I love the alignment of pricing of the cigar. I think it's so perfect for the marketplace. I think it is. It's so perfect. Now, could you get away with getting like a dollar or two more? Yes, but it's so, Crown Head's just perfect. It's perfect for what they bring out. It's perfect the represent, representation line as a whole. It's it's very much in alignment with previous years uh, with the adjustment of inflation. It's right where it needs to be. Yeah. Um, quick pros and cons. Pros. If you've been waiting for a resurgence of a similar 2018 mule kick i think you got it um i think actually in my opinion i think it's better than the 2018 mm, hot take um and i'm like Corey. Corey loves the 2018 more than me yeah i'm obsessed it's bad but i have definitively very bad. believed for the past four years that the 2018 has always been my favorite yeah hands down it's this not close this year for me I have a hard time believing that it's not better than the 2018. Oh, that is a hot tickety take. And so I really love the cigar. So, and I think if you're looking for a successor to that 2018, if you have such an affinity towards it, I think you've found it. Um, there really is no cons for me. I had a great burn. It was great construction. It's indicative of the brand. The price points, I think, perfect for what it is. Um, it's really hard to find a bad thing to say about it. Yeah. Other than you just don't like a mule kick. And it could be. Hey, uh, this maybe, is the great thing about it. cigars. There's so much subjectivity to but the flavors. But it's kind of like if you're in that exploratory phase, like me and Corey are constantly in, and that mean that mean means including smoking biessery. Oh yeah. To be honest, I smoke a lot of biessery. I smoke more biessery than not. But if you're like if you're in the same mindset of openness as we have been. For cigars and you're willing to explore and you haven't smoked a crown heads mule kick maybe you've tried some other ones maybe you haven't tried them at all i would imagine based on our viewership and listenership you've had a crown heads but if you haven't had a mule kick before boy 2022 is a great introduction to that brand dude for sure <laughs> for sure i don't know that i could have said that any better uh pros for me Absolute flavor explosion on the retro hill. You cannot smoke the cigar and appreciate it to the nth degree that I did unless you smoke it on the retro. I'm telling you right now, if you're a little bitch and you don't like smoking cigars on the retro hill or you're a new cigar smoker, I'm telling you, fucking sack up, Nancy. Fucking blow that shit through your nose. You're going to love it. Uh, smoke output, despite the tight draw, was very plentiful. I really appreciate that. Um, one of the most dynamic cigars I've had this year, and as I've already told you, and I'm reading it in my notes now, smoked for two hours, which is great. The only con that I have was a slight tight draw at the beginning of the cigar, but ended up opening up over a period of time. For me, literally, I could not say this. It's so box-worthy. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to buy so much of this cigar, it's going to be unreal. I never buy boxes yeah. of cigars. It's yeah. super rare, although I did just buy a box of Davidoffs. Oh, yeah. Yamas. Yamas. Oh, dude. What a good one. Yeah, they're on their way. Pretty excited. About it. I got a great deal. I'm going to buy one for me. You know how much? You know how much a piece? Well, they're $12 Yamasa. to $13 a piece. Uh, huh? Did you get them at Toros? Uh, huh? No, they're there's like the short Robustos. They're like a okay. four and three quarters oh, I'm, by I'm sorry. Something. I meant Robustos. Yeah, it's four and three quarters by 50. Because I've only seen them in Robustos. I forget what it is. Four and three quarters by 50? Yeah. Huh? A piece. Holy bejesus. Oh my God. How did I do it? I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right. Let's get in the score of the cigar. So we're talking about the fucking mule kick. Let's um, let's go through it real quick. We got to go. We got to hustle. Sure. Um, construction's amazing. Burns, amazing. Flavors, amazing. Price, perfect. I can't help but give it this. Yep. Uh, mine gets a 95%, which is the hot ticket. Whoa. Shit. Yeah. Um, I, damn, that's awesome. Uh, I thought the cigar was fucking incredible. It took me back to 2018, which I just hold inside again, chasing the dragon. Uh, it's my heroin addiction. I think it's one of the best cigars literally ever created. And I don't think it gets enough attention. I don't think it's enough love. 2022 is the fucking resurgence year of the fucking mule kick to its, 
uh, to a heightened degree that we, I haven't personally seen since 2018. No offense to the 19 and the 20. I thought those were good cigars, but they're not like this. They're not incredible. I actually give it a highly recommended score of a 94.2. So in total, does it get the hot ticket? If we're rounding it up, it does. If we're rounding up? Rounding it up, it gives a 95%. gives a 94.6, rounded up to I a 95. I think that's the first time collectively this year that we've had an average score that's the hot ticket. It is, dude. I'm telling you right now, and I can't say too much because we're literally running out of time. The seconds are passing um, one of the best cigars that I've... It's definitely the best cigar I've smoked all year. It's it's close. It's close. That Epernay was up there, but this is close. Um, so that's it. Fucking mind blown. Get your hands on the Mule Kick 2022. I can't wait to buy boxes of these cigars. I can't wait till they even just age a little bit more. Not to say they need it, but I kind of like them just kind of mellowed in the they'll flavor a little, a little bit. Yeah, they'll mellow. I think it'll be really good. So anyway, that concludes the episode. Thanks for joining us on episode 238. We'll be back at you next week with episode 239. See everyone. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Let me tell you how you can get a hold of us. You can get a hold of myself at the hot ticket pod on instagram you can get a hold of chris at hot ticket chris on instagram as well you can find this podcast it is available all over the place you can find it on apple music spotify google podcast stitcher and more and you can find the podcast available on video on youtube look up the hot ticket weekly on youtube and you can watch all the fun happen before your eyes Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode. And as always, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes if you could. And check out our show sponsor, My Cigar Pack, at www.mycigarpack.com. Again, thanks for listening. We'll be back at you next week.